Well, I've got a couple of really groovy people in the studios this morning. They are bunking off work and they are very busy ladies, I'm sure. <laughs> it is uh, the lovely Jolene Ryan, General Manager of Santos Organics, and Olivia Laws, who is the Ethics and Research Specialist extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Welcome. <laughs> welcome into the studios. Thank you. Thanks. Happy to be here. My absolute pleasure to have you as always, especially at this crazy sort of time of the year, which um, some of us... Uh, just can't help but be a part of especially both of you you're running very busy busy uh, stores and I'm sure trying to keep up with the need and the wants and the and the expectations of just not only the customers but also you know all the staff that work for you as well how are you both feeling Jolene you can go first I mean, it's our busiest time of the year at Santos, but I feel like it also starts to calm down because we've kind of ramped up to everything. So now the next two weeks is just enjoying working with customers and being around the community, which is really fun. I've been in the stores on Fridays in Mullum, which has been really fun to reconnect with. Um, you know, I used to run the store, so that's been really fun. Um, we had an event with Minnie Woods um, from Carcala Restaurant last Tuesday, so that was really great. Community was just over the moon about that, so that was really big. We haven't done something like that that I'm aware of ever. And um, so that was a lot of fun. So it's been, you know, all those things take a lot of time. But the team's just amazing. We have such a supportive, collaborative, you know, team that just makes it all happen. So it's been, it's good. It's really, really good. And Mindy was working with the Bush Foods. She was working with the Bush Foods, yeah. So, and, and also Rebecca Barnes was there from Playing With Fire. So that was a nice uh, dynamic duo. And we had Ella there because our proceeds went to the returning. So, yeah, it was a really lovely, lovely evening. And Mindy's just great with her um, knowledge and her... Her humor and like, you know, just telling you how it is. So for those of you that don't know Mindy Woods, she's uh, the owner of Kakala, which is just up the road here on Fletcher Street. Mm -hmm. Incredible, incredible what she does with food in general, but especially bringing in the fusions Mm -hmm. of all the traditional Mm -hmm. bush foods and things. And Olivia, how are you, my lovely? (laughs) I'm really well, thank you. Um, I think for us, from an ethics point of view, it's a really fun time of year as well because we can look at all all our offerings and see, see how we can focus on um, you know what gifts we can offer people, and you know just all the amazing ethical ethical things that we can can offer, and just different ideas. And it's it's a fun time to get creative and and help our customers choose a bit more consciously, I guess, what kind of gifts they want to give. And um, yeah, we've got a few new exciting pro- products at the moment that um, yeah would make amazing gifts that go further. So it'd be yeah, we'd love to talk about that today as well. For sure. And so what do you both do in the ways of gifting? How do you go about choosing or, you know, do you do you give gifts or do you decide, no, it's not the time. You don't need this. There's We've already got enough. What, what's your approach to that, Jolene? Mm, yeah, so I'm a big foodie. Um, so I always cook a good meal and I always try something different. So my partner's family is from uh, Italy and Croatia. So I'm learning to do new things. So, you know, since I've been in, in, in Australia, I've been trying to figure out my new rituals, like what's that going to be, you know, different from the States. And so I've kind of um, grounded on Italian meals we have during Christmas. So I look forward to making like a, a six, you know, spread dish of different Italian dishes. So that's a big gift for me because it's all local, it's all organic, it's made from love and it takes, you know, a while and days to prepare for that. So that's one thing. And then just experiences. And we do walk on the beach, we go for a swim, we walk in nature, um, we play games with each other like you know card games or whatever it might be so that's pretty much been how I've grown up even though we had gifts as kids but it was really very much about connecting with family 
um, big, huge meals, talking and laughing around the table, telling stories. And then we'd always go play football out in the snow. And, you know, it was just, and then we'd come in and have hot cocoa and, and just sit around the fire. And that's what it's always been for us. It's just really connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the people tend to remember, I heard this actually on D show this morning, they remember moments rather than, you know, oh, I remember when I got that gift at Christmas. Like, no, I remember when, do you remember when we all went mm. out and did mm. yeah, these things that mm. you describe? Mm. So much more memorable. And how do you approach it, Olivia? Um, I think for me too, it's just thinking a bit more creatively about what to give and whether it's an experience or whether it's um, something you can make or even have a look around the house and see what you're not using anymore and, you know, see if somebody else might, you know, want to use that item or clothing or, um, you know, just anything really I think that's 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 the main thing really is just sharing I think for me it's just sharing experiences sharing food um, sharing different ideas um, and recycling upcycling I think that's sort of where everyone's headed anyway Um, yeah so yeah and you mentioned um, just in the intro there that you have some amazing new things in have you as the ethics and research uh, specialist have you ordered or purposely brought new things in for this time of the year that you thought would you know be be more sustainably accepted or or wanted to be gifted well I guess following the events of the last couple of years uh, with COVID and with flooding we have been focusing a lot more on local and what we can do to support our local suppliers and um, you know what creative gifts we can offer Um, and yeah, so we have this year um, been focusing more on that, on what, you know, what sort of, um, yeah, what gifts can go further, really. I think that's been our focus. Um, you know, we, we were thinking of, uh, yeah, gifts from the heart or, um, you know, Jolene, you were saying too, the gifting, a shift in consciousness, which is such a beautiful way to put it. It's just how we can, um, you know, so some ideas we're really, we're really promoting this year are our um, reusable cups. We've, we've, um, we're working with Pottery for the Planet um, in promoting borrow cups as well. So that's that's something we're, we're going to be introducing over this Christmas period and into the new year is, um, you know, customers can come to our cafes and, and pay a deposit on a beautiful ceramic cup um, that have pretty much been, been given to us at cost from Pottery for the Planet. Um, and, yeah, basically that's just to encourage that, that idea of gifting something that can be used for much longer down the track, you know, that has such um, a beautiful, beautiful purpose yeah. and so message. Who are um, pot- Pottery for the Planet? Um, so Pottery for the Planet are based up on the Sunshine Coast and they make ceramic cups as well as ceramic dishes and, you know, the, the usual, they have beautiful um, teapots and vases as well. Um, but the main thing we've been focusing on is just the, the cups to reduce the use of single-use cups and um, yeah they come with beautiful ceramic um, just different ceramic glazes and a silicon lid and um, yeah so we're sort of giving our customers an opportunity to try before they buy as well to have this borrow cup system um, but yeah they're they're a very beautiful company up on the Sunshine Coast focused on sustainability and just, you know, encouraging the use of single, of reusable and eliminating single use um, bowls as well. You know, going like taking, going to your local takeaway with a beautiful ceramic bowl with a silicon lid, you know, instead of us, you know, using whatever they give that just gets thrown away. So 
I think we mentioned this, uh, that, you know, everyone was on this really great role of taking their little keep cups everywhere. And then when COVID came, they weren't accepted, even though the coffee places were still open, they wouldn't accept any of those. And so people maybe slipped back into an old habit Mm -hmm. and potentially haven't really uh, revisited, you know, their old little cup system, which they've probably got like 10 or something sitting in the cupboard. I mean, most people have a collection of them. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, we, this might be a good time just to mention some beautiful giveaways that we are offering our lovely subscribers here throughout the show. We're going to carry on the conversations, but just to drop in because we're talking about Keep Cups. So yeah, let us, let the lovely listeners know uh, what we have to give away today. So generous what you have offered. Yeah, so um, Potter, uh, Potter for the Planet has actually been really generous, and they're going to give us 10 of those cups to give away. So they don't have lids, but it's something I think I mentioned on one of the last shows we talked about. I've actually gotten really used to not having a lid. I actually prefer it I actually never like to drink out of the lids. So, you know, if we're mindful, we're slowing down. Um, they're beautiful cups if you've not seen them. We do sell them in the shop, um, and the ones they'll give us will probably look a bit different than the ones we sell in the shops. Um, but it is so much nicer than a stainless steel cup, you know, um, that we were having before. We're really grateful for those as well. But these are beautiful and colorful and, and really come from the earth. So we're really excited that and, – and how meaningful for them to be able to give them for six bucks. I mean, they're really – it's a great, great, great experience, you know, to say it is an experience. And it, it's very generous for them to be able to offer that for us. Yeah. yeah. So if you are a subscriber here to this lovely station and if you're not, then I suggest that perhaps you call up Cheryl straight away or jump online and become a subscriber because we do have more gifts to give away throughout this show. But double six eight zero seven triple nine is the phone number or zero four three seven three four triple one nine. If you'd like to go into the drawer, uh, I would say just call up and go into the drawer because we have more to give away. Uh, so from reusable cups we're saying uh, is there anything else that you've brought in and actually this might also be a good time because um, it'd be nice to have a little wander around the store with you wouldn't it <laughs> Olivia um, what, what is it what is it that you like that you're offering uh, so this is an idea we we thought of just in the last week actually just thought oh that might be a fun idea for you know to have as a giveaway is a walk through the shop with me um, just to talk about our ethics and you know we we have an ethics manifesto that was written many many years ago you know yeah probably at least 20 years ago you know that basically sets out all our ethics and our principles and the things that we consider when um, stocking a product and um, yeah, so we thought it might be fun to, you know, for someone who, who might be interested in what, what those um, criteria um, are and what, like, ha- just to be able to walk through and see why we've chosen certain products and why we're not stocking certain products. And, um, you know, we had the palm oil ordered a couple of years ago as well. And, um, you know, with that, we did um, discontinue a few products. And, you know, qu- our customers have always had questions about, you know, why that's happened and, um, yeah, and so it's you know it's just an opportunity to talk through why we stock what we do and and why we do what we do. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, that would be great for me to come around with you with a microphone. <laughs> and what's this, Olivia? I've got life. <laughs> I have lots of questions. <laughs> Uh, so you know, this is this is also something that we walk into Santos and we we take a lot of things for granted, especially living in this area. We take the ocean for granted. We take the rivers for granted. We take the farmers markets for granted, even if we think we don't. You know, sure we're supporting them, but we almost expect them to always be there. Um, and sure, by by supporting these these places, and obviously we're showing our support, and that is a part of 
of why they uh, are able to still be there. But Santos is one of those places. I, I think I said to you, Jolene, that especially in Mullum, it's like if there was a church or if I was religious, then Santos would be my church, you know. I mean, that's kind of quite a big thing to say. It's a big part of my life, not only what uh, what I can get from there, what I, what I purchase, but the people in there, the people that I see, the familiar faces, having these conversations, you know, throughout the year with you um, in the, on the show, in the studios. But what does it take, you know, like to really keep these places going? I know that you're very transparent as well and in, you know, where it's all at, but coming to the end of 2023, you know, how how's it all looking and, and what kind of year has it been for, for businesses like Santos? Yeah, I mean, you know, as we've all experienced in the last few years with um, fires and COVID and floods, you know, Mullum has just kind of come out of that that flood experience. Yeah, we really struggled in that store um, after the floods because a lot of our um, locals leave the area and, and for either temporarily or permanently you know some of them are not back yet but that store has kind of rebounded back to almost where it was pre-floods but we feel very comfortable with where we're at at the moment with Mullum um, the two barn stores are struggling the most I'd say our industrial uh, store is really taking the biggest hit for whatever reason you know we're still trying to re- work out what that is um, you know it we have had store managers come and go out of there. We just had our new store manager, Alex, really excited about. We think she is going to be a great fit for that store. We have a great team. All three of our stores are just um, amazing. You know, we have great leaders in each store, you know, with Rob that's been on the show as well. All of our team is so passionate. I mean, that's when we talk about what it takes. Like when I think about the resilience with our team and our community, like to keep things going with everything that's happened, with, to be customer-facing. Yeah, and we just have team come and go, you know, and it's just one of those things where we're very fluid and flexible in so many ways, but we are a business that's very structured, needs infrastructure, and it costs a lot more every year for us to run the business. And I think a lot of people think Santos is rolling in the dough. We're not rolling in the dough. We don't own our buildings, you know, rents go up from CPI to market, you know, cost, et cetera, insurance. Wages have gone up, even though we know our team deserves it. It just goes back to what does it cost us to do business? And I think, you know, a lot of people have the perception that Santos is really expensive, and we're actually not. Um, We've really been working hard on cost comparisons of late, um, and we're even taking things down that we really, not that we can't afford it, but we're really trying to show the community that we do care, and like for fruit and veg and things like that, that we consider essential part of Santos, which has actually taken a dip for us, which is really, we're just kind of scratching our heads as to what's going on, because we're more local than ever, our prices are better than ever. Um, but it, we do think there's just that perception, for whatever reason, that Santos is expensive, even though it's not. Um, I think people think it's discretionary, and it's not. Like you said, it's very much my religion as well. Yoga and Santos are my religion. So when it comes to, you know, a mind and my physical body, but then also what I put into my body, um, that's just the only place I shop. You might see me occasionally if I'm in Ukai because I live there and topping up places. But, I mean, I'm, I'm in the top five, you know, customers at Santos, you know, so when it comes to shopping and things like that. So it's I'm very committed to wherever I work. And our team is, too. Like, it's um, we've also I think I mentioned last time we've given our entire team the, the discount that usually just used to be for permanents. And I know our casual team is really, really appreciative of it. When we had the um, two-day sale for the Green Week um, sale, the customers were over the moon, and they were so gracious and so thankful. Like when I was in the store working, 
they're like, oh my God, this is so generous. We're so grateful. So we're, di- we're just trying to do everything we can to be supportive of the community. So just know that we are bringing prices down where we can, and that's really in fruit and veg. And we always, the bulk department is extremely essential, and um, it's always a really good price um, for our bulk product. So just always remember if you're shopping, make sure it's like for like if it's organic and the quality of it. So with Santos, it's it's both. It's organic and the quality where we get where we source the products from. So just make sure when we're comparing prices, it's like for like. Um, yeah. And you were also part just recently of Sustain Australia. That was a panel happening down in Ballina where there was a lot of other local businesses as well. Can you tell us what, what the actual um, gathering was about um, and what it was that was addressed on, the, on that panel? Mm. Yeah, so the name of it was called Urban Agriculture and Sustainable Food Futures for Australia. Um, and I'm going to have to name names. I'm not going to remember all of them. So Nick Rose from Sustain. Um, it was one of the, the head uh, leaders in that um, panel or the, I guess we call it, it was a, um, God, drawn a blank, complete blank roadmap um, workshop that we're doing. And then Fiona Berry from UTS. And then Tamara Prentice from uh, New South Wales DPI and Catherine Watson from uh, North New South Wales LHD. So there we had... We were on a panel. It was myself. It was Joel Orchard, Jamie Cooper uh, from Neighborhood Centers. A lot of you guys know Joel Orchard from Young Farmers Connect, and he's down in Wardell now running uh, Wardell Core. Joe Levin, that's Casino Food Co-op, and Rebecca Barnes was there from Plain with Fire. So they had all of us on there to understand what's happening, I guess, in the community from major stakeholders. You know, um, how is the community going? How are the businesses going? How is food security or how is food insecurity? What's happening? Um, so from the panelists, we all kind of gave our point of view as to what's going on um, realistically. You know, and for us, it is, you know, as I brought up, it's like, you know, we can't take Santos for granted. You know, it's going to be here. You know, we'll do everything we can, you know, to keep it here. But um, we did talk about, unfortunately, you know, and I don't like to talk negatively about any business because I think everybody's doing the best they can. But the big box supermarkets that come in. Um, you know, and the non-local, what we call local, we have local local um, people working there, but it's not a local business. And the prices, you know, when it comes to like a, if it's a Woolies or Coles where, you know, farmers, you know, are being exploited, unfortunately, they just are with how they're, you know, having to sell prices and they're subsidized. Um, where for us, we don't get that. Our farmers are, are farming and we're buying it off the land and they're giving it to the, pri- the price to us they think is the best option they can give us. And then we have to mark it up from there. Um, to be able to pay our bills. So it is something that, you know, with Santos, we are kind of a seven-day-a-week farmer's market, which is what I talked about at this panel, is we're doing our best to bring local to our community and to make it consistent. Um, obviously, in our bulk department, it's not. But there was a lot of discussion around food insecurity. Um, I'll have to make sure. I don't know if I got this right. But three million households right now in Australia are experiencing food insecurity that never have before. So it's significant. Um, we talked about the neighborhood centers. Some of them are funded through governments and some of them are not. So a lot of them are really through private donations um, or just going around and just asking people for food. Um, and they said they just can't believe the quantities of people um, that are just struggling to put food on the table right now because of mortgages going up or rents going up, electricity is going up, petrol is going up. Um, so everything is costing more. So unfortunately, the thing that gets put by the wayside is food because you know, you want to have a roof over your head, you need to keep driving to work, whatever it is. So people that are having two and three jobs in their houses still can't afford to buy food right now. So those are, that's kind of what we talked about is a lot of that. 
and then about the quality of uh, the soils. So with farmers, and are they doing the right thing? I'm doing air quotes because I think everybody always thinks they're doing the right thing when it comes to that reality of um, farmers, helping farmers understand the difference between what is right look like. Um, you know, when it comes to taking care of the soil, we talked about the Richmond um, River there because it's the dirtiest river um, in New South Wales, and we were right at the mouth of it. Um, so we talked a lot about that as well. So there was a lot of things we did, and then we, we broke up into three groups, um, and we had an outer circle and an inner circle um, to talk about it. So we had a listening group and a, and a talking group, so everybody got to be heard, which was really lovely. And then we all came together to talk about what were the challenges and then what were some solutions and some kind of focuses for next steps. And what are some of those solutions? Because, you know, it's really, it's difficult to, well, it's not difficult, it's reality to hear all of the problems, but um, to actually then finish anything, like any conversation that you're dealing with, some negative things, it's nice to come out of it with, but where, what can we do, you know? And this is what this conversation also is about. What can we do about our own, you know, issues around around that are happening in this local area. But yeah, what did you finish with at that? Yeah, so we we talked a lot about, um, and I I think for me, you know, the thing that I have gained the most from this area, and I kind of walked into it because Bentley had just happened when I came here, and watching uh, the community during the floods and the fires, and and just how we stand up and take care of ourselves. And I'm not saying the government's not doing their job, but it, it just seems like it takes a long time to get that support. Um, so the one thing that I know that I mentioned in that um, gathering was I keep hearing everybody pointing fingers at the government, you know, where at the end of the day, it's like the government's doing what they think is best. And at the end of the day, most of the things we talked about are things that we have control over. So it comes back to the business owners, comes back to the consumer on how are we going to live our lives. And so that's, we talked a lot about um, how do we put the responsibility back in our hands and stop pointing fingers. And, you know, we felt like, you know, the more that we could do more of that uh, local initiatives, you know, we talked about uh, branding local. It's something we talked about in our Grow the Growers program as well, even though we don't want to take that on, is how do we have a local verification process so that we can brand local? So it's not just, and we did talk about how the consumer right now is more interested in local versus even organic. And how do we have flexibility? So it's brought up, like, why can't Santos be more flexible um, to take on things from younger farmers or emerging farmers that's not sort of organic? And we have talked about it. That's kind of our third tier that we have got to look into next because it is something that we've got to keep the integrity there as well, that the customer still feels like they're getting – they're being well taken care of when it comes to what they're putting in their bodies. But I, I, it was it felt very safe and it was good So um, to hear those things when it came to, like, why isn't Santos doing this and why isn't Santos doing that and – Santos does amazing things, but this is what we really need from Santos is to be able to take on other produce, you know, from emerging farmers, which we're working on. Um, talked about lo- more local cooperatives, so things like what Joel's doing down in Wardell. It sounds like it's working really, really well, um, where the communities come together. There's a lot of volunteer work that's going on, but they're growing a lot of food, and they're giving the food back because it goes back to that health and wellness, that mental health, because when we're get- getting the food that oftentimes is donated, it's processed food, and even though it's 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 – beautiful and it's great and in those times of flood and fires where you don't have fridges or things like that anything of sustenance is better than nothing but for him it was really that focus of how do we give people greens and uh, nourishment through root vegetables and things like that so that people can actually think well and be grounded and feel good in themselves so that they can participate better um, in everyday stuff which is great like he's doing some great work down there 
Um, talking about, again, that, that buzzword of circular economy, so everything we do, which is something we were really working on Santos as well as when we work with suppliers, is are they taking that responsibility? Like if we do have packaging, you know, are they taking it back or are we able to then give it to somebody else to then repurpose? So always thinking about how do we have that, that circular loop that's happening. Um, how do we get incentives for local subsidies, which really would be for the government? So those are things we've got to be able to put forward. Um, and we really talked about from that group, there's probably between 70 and 80 people there. And we talked about, you know, the way that this moves forward is through loud voices. And that group was pretty loud, but in a very positive way, you know, with how do we make change happen? So it was, how do we put something forward to the government that we think will be beneficial for these smaller communities like ours that's really passionate? And we, you know, especially food, we have a food bowl here. So there's just no reason why anybody should be going hungry in this area at all. Um, uh, We talked about hyper-local. So again, that whole hyper-local can lead the way. And then from there, policy follows. So for us to really be that, you know, I always go back to that example of kind of the blue zone or green zones that are happening is how do we really um, get really loud and proud in this area? I think a lot of us are, but we also know that the areas had a lot of new people come in and those uh, the people that come in are generally wanting to, to be on that same train, but we're all on different paths and how do we get tighter together on that path to really be loud and proud so that we're moving and making a big difference. Um, I haven't had a chance to look this up, but the Nimbin community plan apparently is working quite well. So it's something if you've, you want to look into that, whatever Nimbin's doing apparently is working quite well. And if you know Rosella, if anything about that, or if you know anything, Olivia, about that, but that's one that was brought up as a, a good example. And then the whole thing that we really noticed um, through our Grow the Grower process, um, trying to collaborate and build an alliance there was so much passion in that room that was there in Ballina and so much knowledge and so many things I keep hearing about in the other group that I'm part of for relocalized uh, Northern Rivers. Gosh, we just don't lack knowledge. We don't lack information, but it's how do we pull that together onto a platform one or two or three so that it's all there and and consolidated and concentrated because otherwise all of our energy is just really spread out wide Mm -hmm. and it's hard to make movement. It's hard to get that movement happening in I guess, quicker space of time. It will get there eventually, but it's going to take us a lot, a lot longer. So that was kind of my takeaways is there's, it's really inspiring. So there's so many great people there. And there were some, some young folks there too that were talking about the apathy, which was sad to hear, but also really great that they were there to participate, to hear what was happening and how they could participate. Um, but the big thing we talked about from that, that gathering was that somebody's going to take the lead. You know, we all want to have this autonomy and in this area, we want to be able to show our uniqueness, which we are all very unique snowflakes, but there still needs to be kind of those one or two, three voices that really are saying something to, if it's the government or to our community that is sharing the voice of of the majority so that we can move forward. So that was kind of the, that was that makes sense. Do you have anybody in mind for that? <laughs> I think you do a great job, Jolie. <laughs> Thank you. But it's also taking it on, isn't it? Because, I mean, Bay FM is a volunteer organization, and we realize that rather than come in and take a day off work and be able to commit to a show and do all the work that it takes to research and interview and edit and put something together – is is it affordable anymore? You know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, which, I mean, it, it has to be because we're talking mm-hmm. about the future of community organizations mm-hmm. that are key to this area, but also 
VFM is the the last one of the last remaining independent voices and independent voices of media, and this is where you hear these these sorts of things that you've just spoken about. Mm. And again, with these kinds of groups, you know, well, who has the time? And the energy is usually there because the passion is behind it, but it's really it's the time, isn't it? it can be a real struggle. It is. We talk about that even at work, and I, I mean, I've even built in like the idea of slow business habits in our strategic plan because we're just moving so much faster, and it just it's how do we slow it down? And I, we're not there yet, but it is those things of it, you have to create the time, otherwise it doesn't happen. It has to. You just have to. It's just like eating habits. You know, I fall, fell off the wagon the last few months because it's just been so hectic. Prioritize. And yeah, and I, I've noticed my quality of my mind, and you know, I've I've been practicing yoga for thirty years with very strong discipline. And even with all the things going on, it's just been consuming me. And, and I'm back into it now. I feel like human again. I'm like, oh, there I am. Um, but I'm so grateful that I have those tools and I can rebound that quickly where I know that everybody, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are not like that and they feel really overwhelmed with life right now. And yeah, So what does it look like when you fall off the wagon? Yeah, it's, um, gosh, you know, it's... I start eating poorly, you know, even if it's organic, I start eating lots of sugar and I start eating lots of carby things and bread and um, I watch a lot more movies at night when I shouldn't be and I should be doing other amazing things and and then I'm, I sleep in and I roll around and I get really lethargic and... You know, and I, uh, you know, I and just I have to get picked back up too. Frustrated with yeah. that as well because you do you frustrate yeah. yourself by doing yeah, it and knowing that do. it's actually self inflicted as well as is, is even harder, isn't it? To and like, I, I know I did this. Yeah, and, well, I'll, just do, I'll just do it again. <laughs> and I know better, and I have the tools. Yeah. But that's where I think that that long time yoga practice of I am human, and it, it is, it, it, and I am. I am okay to be in that more we call kapha state, you know, where you just have to kind of just let go a little bit, but just not for too long. Mm-hmm. And um, and then knowing you've got the tools to pick up. And, and, and we all know, we all have that spark of consciousness. It's just whether or not we choose to follow that light or not. And I know it's not that easy. It, it's that easy and that hard. My sister, um, years ago, we're talking about, she's seven years older than me, and she's far more spiritual and interesting than, than I think I am. Um, it just comes more easily to her, but she doesn't necessarily discipline herself with it. And we were talking one time, I said, just just do some meditation, just five minutes, five minutes every day. When you wake up, five minutes. And she did that for a good month. And she said, is it really that easy, Jolene? And she said, I said, it's that easy and it's that hard. It's discipline. It's just... It's just what we, how we choose to put, where we choose to put our energy, and it is, and that's where I, when I see that, I'm like, for me to not meditate for a whole week is like unheard of. Like I don't even know last time, it happened last, like a week before last. Time. I was like, oh my god, this is like, this is it, Jolene. You're at the bottom. Like you haven't meditated in seven days. Like that is shocking, because I don't miss, you know, I might miss my physical practice, but I never miss my meditation because it is. It's what keeps me sane. It's what keeps me grounded and. And lets me see the things that are kind of floating around that I know are not important and helps me remember what is important. Um, so, yeah, so I'm thankfully back on that meditation wagon and feeling much better and doing my movement. So Nice to have you back. <laughs> so I want to read out this beautiful text message. So I'm inviting you to text in and share some alternatives to the consumerism of just buying for the sake of buying. So this is a text message from the lovely Mia. As my grandmother and great aunts entered their twilight years, they started to give family members their own precious items. My great aunt took my hand in her frail hand before removing her ruby ring and putting it on my finger. 
It was the most special gift she ever gave me, just for that rare physical moment, as we're not really touchy-feely people. Why wait for death to part with our treasures when we can share such giving moments in life? They inspired me to start giving away family heirlooms as gifts to loved ones and even outside the family since I seem to inherit more than I can ever use. And recently I inspired my friend to do the same. She gave me her grandmother's beautiful linen table setting for my birthday. I love it as I would my own grandmother's linen. What a beautiful text message. I had some little tears in my eyes when I read that. Thanks, Mia. That's really beautiful. Yeah, give things away. Give things away. I have two ladies here giving away so much good love and information and inspiration. Um, It's Jolene Ryan, General Manager of Santos Organics, and Olivia Laws, who is a research and ethics specialist. And we are talking about, you're saying that there was a lot of um, a lot of free stuff floating out there in the uh, in the community. Do you know a little bit more? Can you share a little bit more about these um, these free stores that you talk about? Um, so a friend of mine mentioned recently that there was this free store in Billy Nudgel, and so there's a guy that set that up, and and I think he also sets up a Christmas one every year at Christmas time at Ocean Shores next to K Hub in the space there. And basically, it's a free store, so you can bring things in, drop things off, take what you need, um, and and it's it's just there, open all the time. Actually, it's um, and I visited there for the first time over the weekend, and thought, wow, this is amazing. You know that 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 that's available there for the community. That you don't need to go and buy anything, and you know, just there was racks of clothing, um, some home furnishings. There was a fridge. Um, oh, you know, so I think it is. It, it is one of these spaces that someone set up. You know, for for just giving and receiving, really. Yeah, and I, I think we also have to be mindful of taking things for free just because they're free as well. Because I had a little clothes sale, as I mentioned earlier in the show, to to fund a record that I wanted to buy, and I had to always have a big, big free basket. You know, sure, there's some things for sale, and there was a lady that came and just really started to pick up things that didn't fit her and that were, and I had to actually step in and say can you please not take them just because they're free because somebody else might actually you know want that and I, I felt like that was okay to say that because you know free things are are only if you need them as well yeah. you know and also we're talking about these beautiful alternative gifts for Christmas and I remember my mum always giving us lots of little food bits. I mean, she didn't probably have very much money, single mom, bringing up two kids, but, you know, there were little, like, tiny little jam jars, but everything was wrapped up individually and it looked like we had so many presents. Mm -hmm. But they were all these lovely food items that lasted way beyond Christmas and into the new year and months after. So you were also sharing um, something like that, that you were gifted, um, Olivia. Yes, I was. Just over the weekend, a lovely friend visited me and she gave me uh, for Christmas a hamper, a food hamper with lots of different yummy goodies and she had homemade rocky road in there that she had made and um yeah it was just such a beautiful and some tea towels you know so it was a beautiful gift to receive and i think with you know talking about the food insecurity um it's increasing you know it's such a beautiful gift to give food because it is something that we all would love and you know at these times need as well um 
and yeah, just so just so fun, you know. And I, I suppose because I am a foodie as well, but you know, just looking through everything, it's like, oh, oh wow, look at this, and you know, it's just it was such a beautiful beautiful gift to receive. So I think that's that's also a really great idea to see what you can make or see what you can um, you know share food wise, you know, by some you know we have so many beautiful local markets where you can pick up amazing so many different things nuts cordials you know nut butters lots of different delicious foods that are shelf stable as well that can be gifted so that was definitely um yeah that was a lovely a lovely gift to receive and a lovely idea as well I love it when people um, turn up with, you know, like instead of a bunch of flowers with a beautiful ribbon on, that it's a bunch of greens from their garden, this mm. variety of things with a beautiful ribbon. It's like, wow, mm. it's gorgeous, and I can eat it, and a few little flowers here and there. Yeah. You were talking about maybe that. Is there also a market, some kind of market coming mm. up soon? Yeah, so Santos, we just started a flea market. Rob and Les have kind of sorted out the back area. So we've got our team there just setting up tables to sell stuff. Um, And I think we had some customers that were also setting tables up last time. So that's coming on this Saturday, the 16th at the Mullum Back Garden from 10 to 1. So that's, you know, a place you should be able to be able to pick up some, you know, you know, pre-loved goodies, you know, at a good price. Um, and then just also the Santos Library, you know, we've got the books there that people come, not ours, but we just set that up where, you know, books come and go. So even if it's meant to be a borrow thing, I mean, you give it to somebody to read a book and you, it's something that they like, then they can keep it or, or not keep it or, or put it back on the library shelf. So those things are all around. And you kind of know that there's um, people have them kind of set up all around. There's little boxes where, you know, if it's food or books, and I just find it so um, touching that, you know, people just set those up for people to come take what they need. And it is. I think it's really important, Rizal, what you're saying is like, you know, take what you need and not just because it's free, you know, and it's, you know, we don't need more. We need less. Yeah. And, um, yeah it's and good. Another beautiful story that I, um, that somebody shared with me at Global Ripple, which is, of course, it's more of a community hub than it is an op shop. I mean, mm-hmm. it's both. But uh, one of the ladies that worked there, you know, they said a lot of things go out the door. They just walk out the door. People either steal them or they might take the prices off of their more expensive things and they get to the counter and they know this. So they had a big meeting about this. And the owner, Jackie, said, you know what, it doesn't matter. I just want everybody that comes in here to walk out having had the best experience that they could possibly have. And if they take it, well, then maybe they need it more than what we do. And it was gifted, given to them anyway. Mm-hmm. But that, that was such a beautiful way to approach, you know, life. Mm-hmm. And that if you're holding on to things and you're afraid, you know, to give something away because you, well, why? Because you feel like you're going to lose something. All you're going to gain is this beautiful gift of giving and making somebody else happy with something that you don't need. Mm-hmm. So yeah. give your things away, people. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't covered? We've probably got about another seven minutes. We've, we've kind of did a pretty good job, haven't um, we? Yeah, I, I guess it's for us just to, just to remember that Santos, we do have a lot of local suppliers that we support. So, again, if you're looking for a local, you know, if it's Byron Bay, Malambimbi, wherever it is, um, we do have a lot of beautiful stuff. I don't know if you want to, if we want to talk about that or not. But just, yeah, just shop local. Mm. Shop local. And, um, yeah, I think just on as a final tip, you know, just think for of gifts that go further, you know, that, that can can just be, you know, for example, this one one product that I do want to talk about is that we've just introduced at Santos these, um, a local barring bar family are creating packets of um, flower seeds. So, and they're amazing. Like you can get a gift, a, a little box of, you know, seeds for the year. 
and so someone can plant them. And the thing that I really love about that is it's not just giving the gift of flowers, but it's also to support local bees as well and just to, um, you know, welcome more bees to your garden as well, which is such an important thing, you know, because if we don't have pollination, we don't have food. So, you know, it's just it's just a really exciting thing for us, but also just, you know, it's just that in that spirit of just giving things that go further and that are more purposeful than giving someone something that they may not use. The packaging is completely home compostable as well, which is great because, yeah, we just, you know, with Byron Shire Council, it's difficult to know what can be taken in the green bin and what can be composted. And I know there is a bit of confusion about that, which we can talk about at another time. But it's um, it's yeah, with these packets, they are home compostable. So you can just put them in your compost bin at home as well. I had a little marigold um, that I went to a baby blessing. They were giving the marigolds away. But, you know, they have the compostable um, little tubs that they're in so you just actually plant them completely in the ground and once you water them they just break down yeah, yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. You, you do have time if you want to mention a little bit about the green bin or is that is that really another conversation yeah that yeah. is it's yeah, a bigger it's a bigger it's a bigger conversation although I will just say just with the single-use cups that many people do think they are compostable and that they can go in our green bins because they actually do say on the cups that they are compostable um, which is a bit of a, a just it's misinformation because only some councils within Australia will actually be able to process those in their composting facilities but most um, including our Byron Shire unfortunately are not able to um, receive those in the green bins so in the end they do end up in in landfill and that's that's because there is a thin plastic microplastic lining in these cups so yeah I mean not only are single-use cups not great for the environment but you're also consuming these little microplastic pieces as well so that's um yeah another boost for the the keep cups absolutely so if you're driving around out there in your car which is apparently where most people listen to Bay FM or if you're just about to go and get a coffee or you've already had one this morning and you're looking in your rubbish bin and you're looking at your disposable cup don't worry, it's okay, we'll let it go just this once, but bring your cups back, your keep cups. There's nothing nicer than drinking a copper out of a beautiful ceramic, a mug. You know, you need a mug, it tastes so much better. <laughs> yeah. I just was telling Olivia on the way over here is we also as consumers have to make choices with our dollars. So I was in Sydney and I we thought we we're going to go to a cafe. We we're going to be able to sit and have a cuppa, you know, in a real, real mug. So we didn't bring our keep cups. And we got there and our friends were actually across the street at a, at a bench. And I was like, oh, no, we didn't bring our keep cups. And so I talked to the woman that was there and it wasn't very it wasn't very busy at all. And I told her the situation, and she I, she was a little bit hesitant to give us a key cup. I said, that's cool. If, if you can't let us borrow one of your mugs to walk across the street, that's cool. I'm just not going to be able to buy a coffee, you know. So I, I had to make the choice to let her know that, you know, this is really important to me. And if she could make that accommodation, I'd really appreciate it. Um, otherwise, no problem, but I was going to have to walk away. And so she did give us the cups to walk across the street, you know, to sit and have um, a cup with our friends. So I think we those are those things we talk about the community. Like we've got to be uh, loud and proud and be willing to let go of something if it doesn't meet our values. To let people Definitely. know like, oh, those customers are not going to shop here if we don't have takeaways, you know, that yeah. are good for the planet. Jolene Ryan and Olivia Laws here on Belly this morning with so many great conversational tips and ideas and thoughts and education and inspiration. Yes, yes, yes. We're so lucky, aren't we, to have such people in the community. 